Okay. Hey, good evening, everybody. And um, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be with you tonight, even if it's under these, uh, excuse me, under these strange and difficult circumstances. Um, especially grateful to be able to to have the opportunity to share Torah, Lili Nishmas Avimari, in memory of my father, Rabbi Yamin Ben Moshe, uh, whose yortite is this evening. And um, you know, all, all, all that I will share tonight, like all which I share all the time, is, uh, is Lili Nishmaso. Uh, should be uplifting for him, for his neshama, especially now, uh, especially today. Uh, what I'm going to share with you Tonight is going to be built on the Parshas HaShavua, the Parshios HaShavua of Ayakil Pekude. And um, it will also be, uh, w- will also be hopefully a little bit of a, of a perspective that perhaps we can gain from, we can gain from related to my father and for this, uh, this difficult time and situation within which we, we find ourselves. Bayakel Pekude, the double parsha that we read this week, is a parsha about the building of the Mishkan. And uh, everyone knows, in a certain se- in a certain sense, you could look forward to Bayakel Pekude, because even though it's so many psukim, it's so many verses, uh, but there aren't a lot of Rashi's. And the reason why there aren't a lot of Rashi's is because the bulk of the parsha, the hard parts of the parsha, certainly, are a repetition of what we just had a couple of weeks ago in the parshios of Truma and Tetzave. Truma and Tetzave are the parshios which teach us about the building of the Mishkan and then the creation of the vestments of the Begadim of the Kohen Gadol. And likewise here we have in, uh, in Vayakel Pekude the actual execution of that. In Vayakel it describes in detail the building of all of the elements of the Mishkan. And in Pekude it goes forward as well in doing that and describing the, 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 the creation of the Big Day Kahuna, of the garments of the Kayan of all kinds. I want to, to so the, the first question, of course, which everyone has, is why do we have to have that this Parsha is so repetitive? Why does the Parsha have to repeat that which we had before in such great detail? And the, the direct and straightforward answer to it is that this second parsha, where it fleshes everything out, shows you that everything was done kashir tzivu Hashem as Moshe, as Hashem instructed Moshe. In fact, the Bala Turim, uh, the, the author of the Tur, who often says very interesting things with numbers and gematrios, the Bala Turim notes in this parsha that the amount of times and this is the Balaturim's comment here is on Pasuk Chafalef in Perak Mem, where it says that he brought, they brought the Oron to the Mishkan and they placed the Paroches and they, 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 they covered over the Oron Haedus Kasher Tziva Hashem Moshe, writes the Balaturim, Ksiv al kol dover It says it repeatedly, Kasher Tziva Hashem Esmoshe. Once it says Kasher Tziva Hashem Oso, like Hashem constructed him but it repeatedly speaks about how Hashem instructed Moshe. And he says, it's Keneged Ma'ashamar Moshe Mecheni, no, here Belaz Kiro. First he says, the same way Moshe Rabbeinu said 
if you want to destroy the Jewish people, then erase me from your book. So corresponding to that, in fact, his name was written over and over again in the, in the Torah. And if you count them, it's 18 times. Writes the Balaturim, the 18 brachas of the Shemana Esrei correspond to the 18 times that it says in our parsha that Moshe Rabbeinu did kasher tziva Hashem es Moshe. And then he even has one where it says kasher tziva Hashem also, kasher tziva Hashem kein osu, that's for the 19th bracha of the Shemana Esrei. So as we, as we look at this, and we see that the Torah is describing the, uh, the building of the Mishkan, that it was done exactly as it was instructed. We also derive from here the structure which was given of the 18 brachas of the Shemana Esrei. Shemana Esrei for us is a replacement for that which was done in the Beis HaMikdash. And so understanding the relationship of the Takana, of the established structure of the Shemana Esrei to what we have here to this repetition in the Parsha and the statement of Kasher Tziva Hashem Moshe is our first order of business. The first thing that we have to figure, figure out and explore together and from there hopefully come to, uh, to a meaningful understanding of, what's happen, of what happens here, of Tefillah, of Avodas Hashem and of Yirash Shemayim. There's a Sefer Akuzari which was written by Rabbi Yudah Halevi. It's one of the primary works of Jewish thought and it begins with a, this, it's, it tells the story of a king who was there seeking and searching for the, for the true way. And it describes, describes, if people want to mute, if people want to mute their, their things, that will be good. So he, he, he describes that, uh, that um, he would have a dream. He had a repeated dream. And... Uh, and that dream, he would say, he, he would hear, You mean well, but you're not doing the right things. This was a dream which this king had repeatedly. and He had it several nights. And it led him to go and seek out the proper faith. He understood that it wasn't enough to mean well, but there had to be, it seemed, a very specific path to follow, a path of truth to follow to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It was that thought that led this king on his, on, on, on his storied path to try to interview people of different faiths till he arrived at the Jew from who he learned the true faith. And this idea that there's such a thing as a gap between good intentions and doing actually the, the structured correct thing, that which is truly good, that which is accurate in terms of the way the world works as the, the, the structured and correct right thing, this becomes an important theme within the whole Sefer Kuzari and the picture of Yiddishkeit that he draws. And one of the places, primary places, where he uses this concept to explain something very fundamental is in his explanation of the building of the Mishkan. I'm sorry, excuse me in his explanation of the story of the Egel Azov of the Golden Calf. In the story of the Golden Calf, we have this odd situation. Klal Yisrael, having just been taken out of Mitzrayim, having just experienced Mamar Har Sinai, 
What do they do? They gather together and they build for themselves an idol to worship and they say, this is the God that took him out of Mitzrayim. How could this be possible? What could the Jewish people have been thinking? And the, the, the Kuzri explains that the Jewish people were, of course, not turning away from Hashem. And they didn't suddenly think that an idol made out of gold that they had just made was that which had taken them out of Egypt. But what they were seeking was something, an object that they would be able to create to direct and to focus their service of Hashem towards. They were not thinking that this thing created Hashem, was created them or took them out of Egypt, but they were thinking that somehow the presence of Hashem could be concentrated, could be channeled, could be recognized, could be served through this item. Instead of serving Hashem in the abstract, they wanted to make something, something which they could focus on as they came to serve Hashem. Explained Rabbi Yudah Levi, and this was their failing, because what they needed to do was not to try to create their own pathway to the Spirit, their own pathway to Hashem, but they had to find the way, the true way. They were there at the foot of Har Sinai, waiting for Moshe Rabbeinu to come down and to tell them, to tell them from the words of Hashem, what works, what is it that is genuine spirituality, what is it that can truly connect the person to Hashem. They needed to wait for HaKadosh Baruch Hu's guidance in order to be able to know the truth of the pathway. But instead, they ran out of patience. And instead of waiting for Hashem to tell them through the message that He would deliver them through Moshe Rabbeinu, instead, what they did was, they said, we're going to make our own way. We want to reach Hashem. We want to serve Hashem. So we will develop, we will innovate, we'll create something. In the absence of a specific directive, we'll go our own way. And that was the source of the failure. Because you can't go your own way. The way, the pathway to the service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the pathway to get to that which is right, to get to the world of the Spirit, has to be a genuine pathway, one which is defined by the realities, by the structure of the way the world truly exists. And so, when Klal Yisrael had to do tshuva, when Klal Yisrael had to turn around and to create, instead of an Egel Azov, instead of a golden calf, which was of their own doing, instead they had to turn around, and as Chazal describe it, they had to donate their gold to the Mishkan to build something real. Here, we're very defined. We have a whole set of instructions in Parshas Truma Tetzava, where we go through, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu defines to Moshe Rabbeinu everything that has to be done, exactly the way it has to be done. And then it says, after the story of the Egel, that the Jewish people went, Moshe Rabbeinu went, and they did exactly that which they were told. They moved from a model of a golden calf, a pathway to Hashem of their own invention, to a pathway to Hashem that was created for them by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, where they knew the path the way it was, the way it was to be. In a certain sense, this is the duality which we have in Jewish life, between a structure, a structure which is created for us by the Rabbana Shalom, a very fixed and defined structure. And on the other hand, the koach, the strength, the power of the spontaneous 
of the energy and the love which a person will put into serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu of their own accord. The Ramban wrote in Parshas Yisro that we have in the Torah mitzvot saseh and mitzvot lo saseh, positive commandments and prohibitions. And he said that essentially the mitzvot saseh, which are positive things that a person does, those express the love of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Whereas mitzvot lo saseh, prohibitions, they express the fear of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the idea is not that a person only refrains from things out of fear and a person only does things out of love. There are lots of positive things that a person might do also out of fear. I'm doing this because I'm afraid of what happens if I don't. However, the idea is that fear is a certain sense of structure and restraint. As a result of Yira, as, as a result of fear of God, people express restraint. They limit themselves. As a result of fear of anything, we limit ourselves. If, if someone's on the line, if they could please mute it. Okay. I think the yeah. host has the ability to mute everybody and to just unmute the speaker. Mute everybody yeah. and unmute the speaker. Okay, I don't know if I know how to do that. Okay, I'm sorry, but I don't know how to do that. Hello, the person on the line who's talking on the phone. If you would please mute your phone. Okay, the person on the line who's talking on the phone. One last call. <laughs> okay. Okay, let's mute them one here. There's a couple more to mute. Okay, so again, we'll continue. We'll try to continue. The 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 yira is the structure, is the limitation. When one person, when a person is uh, is fearful, so they hold. They, they hold back and they express restraint. So the person who's listening, hello, hello. You, you, we all hear you on the phone. Okay, so when, when a person is following the pathway of Yira, of Yira, Yira is a structure. Yira, fear of God, limits us in the sense that it tells us to refrain from certain things, to restrain ourselves from certain things. And, and that sense of restraint, that sense of structure, is what's created by, by, uh, by Yira, by the fear of God. Whereas ava, love, is, an, is, an, is a self-expression. 
Love is where something comes out and something grows from a person. The Maral of Prague had a beautiful illustration of this. Now the Gemara says that there are 248 mitzvot positive commandments, and 365 mitzvot say, 365 prohibitions. The mitzvot correspond to the 248 parts of the body of a person, the limbs. Whereas the 365 losas say, the 365 prohibitions, correspond to the 365 days of the year. The Maral said that the different models for the two of them is because the days of the year are an, a cycle that just continues. One day comes after another, and then the year, the cycle of the year renews itself. Day after day, year after year. That's, the, that's corresponding to the prohibitions. The prohibitions allow us to maintain ourselves, allow us not to cause some kind of change, some kind of corruption of the self. Yira doesn't bring growth. It creates the solid structure of maintenance, of continuity. Whereas Ava, love, is something which is the expression of that which can be dynamic, that which can change. You have a mitzvah saseh of Talmud Torah. The mitzvah saseh of, of Torah study doesn't keep you consistent. The mitzvah saseh of, of Talmud Torah is the vehicle through which you become bigger and better. The mitzvah saseh, the positive commandment of, of commemorating the Shabbos, of tefillah, of, of celebrating Pesach, all of these things, these are things which grow us and develop us. They don't just simply keep us away from slipping or from negativity. And therefore, the 248 mitzvahs say correspond to 248 limbs of the person because the limbs are things in the person which they start off small and they grow and they develop. That's the developing area of the person. There's the structure, the static structure, and then there is the possibilities of going forth, of developing, of, bigging, of, of, of building bigger, uh, bigger things. That's the two paradigms of Ava and Yura. You know, tefillah, prayer, is supposed to be avodah shabalev. It's supposed to be the service of the heart. And once upon a time, before the Anshei Knesset Hagdola established the routine of tefillah, the 18 brachos, how did a person daven? They davened what was on their heart. They just expressed themselves. They just expressed themselves. But then, as the Ramam writes in the beginning of the laws of Tefillah, there came a time people just weren't able to express themselves so well. Chazal wrote a text, a script for us. And in a certain sense, it's also well understood that the ordering of Tefillah also came, as the Gemara says, Keneget Midim Tiknum, when the avoda, when the service of the Beis Hamikdash was shaky, when it was at the end of it, before the building of the second Beis Hamikdash, during the building of the second Beis Hamikdash, and the tefillah now for us is there with a structure, with specific times, and with with a specific order, and that makes it that tefillah for us is not just the spontaneous expression, which is so valued to be able to turn to Hashem and to be able to talk to Him. But tefillah also provides the structure around which our lives are built. A Jew has their schedule fitting with shachris, with mincha, with marev, with turning to Hashem when they get up in the morning, with turning Hashem in the middle of the day to turning to Hashem in the end of the day. 
it's that structure. We sometimes, you know, we, frust- we, we get frustrated when we daven and we didn't focus well and we didn't concentrate and maybe we, we, we weren't so in the zone when we davened. It's true. That happens for all of us often and we strive for much, much more. But what will never be taken away is that even if the person didn't focus and didn't have the most engaged and exciting tefillah, but the presence of a structure of turning to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of reminding ourselves, evening, morning, and afternoon, that God runs the world, that we defer to Him, that structure, that framework is invaluable. That's what creates the channel, really, of our connection and our relationship to Hashem. When it says here, when the Balaturim writes, that the Shmona Esrei was established to match the Kasher Tziva Hashem Moshe, the 18 times that it says in our Parsha, our Parsha, which all of it is just to say that Moshe Rabbeinu did it as it was told, that he followed a specific script. It's perfectly matching that when Chazal had to direct us in the service of Hashem, that they also defined for us a structure and a script built as this was. Tfila, they realized, couldn't just be the spontaneous expression. It would come, it would go. Klal Yisrael, the members of Klal Yisrael, the members of the Jewish people, we need a framework where we build our lives within and around the service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So he gave us a text and he gave us a schedule through the Anshei Knesset Hagdola, who provided us with the text and the schedule for davening. That became the framework so that when we serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's not just spontaneous expression, but it's in the framework of Yira, it's in the framework of the, the, the reverence for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for Hashem's word. This gives us life's rhythm. As I mentioned at the outset, tonight is the yardside of my father, Avi Mairi ben Yamin ben Maisha. My father was a... Uh, was a, was a Holocaust survivor. And he was a, a Yori Shamayim. He was a God-fearing person. But the fear of God that my father exhibited was not the kind of fear of God that we sometimes imagine that term to convey, which is someone who trembled, someone who shook, someone who thought about HaKadosh Baruch Hu and became overwhelmed. That wasn't the flavor of Yira Shamayim, a fear of heaven that my father, Zechariah Levracha, had. And maybe it's because he was through, he went through everything because he was a Holocaust survivor. Holocaust survivors maybe don't have the same kind of fear generally, and Holocaust survivors perhaps have a greater intimacy with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a certain sense, that uh, it's hard for them to be, to be scared by him in that way. But there's a different flavor of Yura. There's a different aspect of Yura, of fear of God. And that's the one which we've been trying to bring out here in this discussion. There's the Yura of Kasher Tziva Hashem Moshe. The Yura that recognizes that we have to work within a structure. The world isn't ours to do with it as we please. Hashem created the world. He created the world with systems material and spiritual. And if a person wants to exist properly in this world, they have to work within the lines of that which HaKadosh Baruch Hu created. Life is lived 
within the framework of the Creator. For a person who lives like that, they're not filled with a sense of omnipotence, of an ability to just do and accomplish anything, because they understand in every step of their life, halichos olam lo, every step of their life is defined by halacha, by the order of life that HaKadosh Baruch Hu defined for us through the Torah. That's the era which isn't the era of trembling. It's the era of structure. It's the era of humility. The era of understanding within the framework within which a person lives their life. And for my father, Zuchayin Levracha, that was his all the time. His life was scheduled around tefillah, around Talmud Torah, around the rhythm of the calendar, of, of, of Shabbos and of Yom Tiv. The Seder, the order of the way Jew, a Jew lives his life, was the skeleton, the outline, and in, in a great sense as well, the heart and soul of that, it, what, that which it was, which, 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 which he lived, which is the way we, we are to live. Uh, I, I've mentioned to m- many a time that uh, my father, Zechariah Nelvracha, learned Torah all the time. He did other things too. He was a very normal person, but he was a big masmid. He loved to learn, and his library is filled with svarim, with, with notations, with bent-down corners. He didn't learn Torah because he had a mitzvah that he had to learn Torah every day and every night. He learned Torah because that was the rhythm of life. That was what a Jew did. It was his shira. It was his song. And that's what you fill life with. When a person's life is built around and within that framework, the kasher tziva Hashem Moshe, when it's not just an open season, there's a God out there, let me find a way to serve Him. Let's build for ourselves an egel or whatever it is. But rather to see and to recognize that there's a path in life that Hashem defined for us for within which we live, that's the world of that's the true world of Yura. That's the true world of Kashetziva Hashem as Moshe, of the way Hashem instructed, instructed Moshe. And that Yura, that fear, is actually an, an amazing replacement for the Yura, for the fear of panic. We're living now through a period which in certain, in certain ways is very frightening. Very, very frightening. We don't know exactly where this whole thing is going to going to take us we have not experienced a pandemic in this way and and this close and people potentially of course could be very very fearful the the one one of the great sources of strength which we have which we can have against fear of the fear of panic is instead what we call fear of heaven the fear of heaven, which is where we understand not that we are petrified of the Rabbana Shalom, but rather that our lives are structured. There's a system to the world. When things happen, they happen for a reason. There's a guiding hand in everything which we experience. That same perspective leads us to Torah, to Halacha, to a structure of Tefillah. Everything in the world means something. There's a structure to what we do and to why we do it. And it, it is that way because it's defined for us by the God who defined 
a world that fits, a world that matches. It matches in the hidden ways that we're supposed to access everything good about it through mitzvah, through Torah. And it also has a structure in everything which occurs within it. When we feel the Seder, the order of being in God's world, and we live it that way, we do it that way, because in everything that we do, as we face whatever, whatever situation in life, calm or unusual, we're always looking for the path that God defined for us. That's a very securing experience. It's a very securing experience. When people panic, they look for something stable and strong to grab onto. They're shaking, they look for a railing I can hold on to it, it's fixed, it's strong. The structure of life, of religious life, it's not just, no, it's not just the opiate for the masses. It's there, that which tells us that we're living in a world which is a system. And it's a system in its instructions, and it's a system in the happenings of day to day. The yira, the fear of God, which leads one to live their lives within and around the structure which HaKadosh Baruch Hu created for us is a great antidote, antidote to the yira, to the fear, to the panic, which a person can feel when they feel like the world is spinning out of control. There's no such thing as spinning out of control. It's always in control. It's always in the hands of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and will always remain in that sense steady and steadfast. Now this era, this structure, does not lead one necessarily at all, should not lead one, to just be living a structured life without a heart and soul, without filling it, filling it with, with joy and with music. As we said before, the Torah ultimately, the mitzvot say the positive commandments are growing expansive experiences. The shira, which is the study of Torah, is something which uplifts and moves us beyond a structure we exist within, but in a sense we burst in our desire to be able to come and to work closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu within that framework. And with this, I just want to, 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 to say that one of, the, one of the great pieces, one of the great legacies of, uh, that, that, that we have, I have from from my father's in this was that in the structure of Jewish life, there was always the music of Jewish life. There was always the, the proper nusach, the proper way to sing davening. There were the zmiris of Shabbos, which were said with such uh, attention to making sure that they were all said and they were all sung with the nicest and, and, most, uh, and most sweet of, of nigunim. And to express within the framework of the era of understanding what life is built around, at the same time, a tremendous kisufin, a tremendous yearning for the beauty, for the sweetness, for, for everything which is there in, in life all around us. The Mishkan was a structure, it was a beautiful structure. HaKadosh Baruch Hu defined more or less to Maish Rabbeinu what things were supposed to look like but then the beauty of how it was created still came through the hands of the, of the, of the artisans, of those who went to, to build it and to make it. This is the, 
the, the essential message which I wanted to share with you, and I want to just try to bring it back together and, and encapsulate it. Here, we're going to read again this week, Vayakil Pekude. Vayakil Pekude reminds us by reading us, reading over and over again that Moshe Rabbeinu just followed through, that we're not living in the world of the Jewish people who created the Egel Hazov, the golden calf. Those people thought that they were left on their own, that they would never have any word from Hashem because Moshe Rabbeinu had disappeared. And they were left to just figure things out for themselves. And that was a mistake which Klal Yisrael made. We're not left alone. Moshe Rabbeinu was going to come down. Hashem gave His word, conveyed His word to Moshe Rabbeinu about exactly what we should know, how life could be lived and should be lived, how we would be able to connect to Him. That was the gift that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us. And after the Egel, we came to understand it. And we built the Mishkan exactly according to the way Hashem defined it for us. There's a fear of heaven which is in that, but it is a very securing fear of heaven. It tells you that you have to do it according to Hashem's rules, but you also understand implicitly in that, that Hashem defines the world, He defines its order, and not just in the instructions and the commandments He gives us, but also in everything which he brings to us in life within the world. Torah, mitzvah, order, that creates the order of our world and switches from a year of panic to a deference of being in a world which is indeed defined and structured to us for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's why this serves as the paradigm for our Shemona Esrei. Instead of tefillah just being a burst of, oh, Rabbonu Shalom, help me, which part of us wants to say. But instead we daven at certain times and we say a specific text and that tells us, yes, we're praying to Hashem, but we're praying to Hashem within this ordered universe that He has created and that He continues to run. But if it's just those according to the regimented, then there's no room for anything. There's no room for feeling. There's no room for flexibility. The... The, uh, the, there's a beautiful idea that is expressed by Rav Kook Zichrena Levracha, and he, he says that a person who makes tefilosai keva ain't tefilosai tachanunim, if the tefillah of a person is routine, then the tefillah is not a proper pleading to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And he explained that the idea is because the whole nature of a prayer of a tefillah is to turn to the Rabbanu Shalom and ask him to change the order of nature to intervene and to do things differently. And if we're just creatures of routine when we pray, so then how can we invoke HaKadosh Baruch Hu moving away from the routine, doing something unusual and special in order to bring positivity to us? May our tefillos, may our tefillos built around the structure of, uh, of, uh, that was created by the Anshei Knesset Sagdola the structure of the 18 brachos, the structure of the three times a day, may, th- may those tefillos be filled with, with, with a passion. May the yira that we feel for what's happening in the world around us be secured and anchored by the yira, by the structure that we truly, truly ascribe to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the world as we continue in the order of things, in the order of our tefillos, in the order of, of our getting together. And may we see HaKadosh Baruch Hu here, the passion of our tefillahs to restore to the world a sense of calm, 
and, uh, and a sense of, of clarity, Bezus Hashem, and a sense that we move towards the, towards the future in a, in, a, in a positive and steady way. Okay. May HaKadosh Baruch Hu grant us Yemir Hashem Yeshuos and Rafuos, and we will continue to stay together and stay in touch through, through, through the Shiurim, through the Davening, and everyone should stay strong. Be well.